Let's get this bitch started. I said we got this. Flow stupid, yet the rhyme's so brilliant. Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient. And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing. Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon. I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million. Too high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling. What the blood clot? How did all these nug rocks have me looking dumb hot with my eyes all bloodshot? Now that's a mugshot in the making. No need for oven when you're waking. Bacon, no faking. I only smoke the day. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast. H cubed up in this bitch. Yes, sir, yes, sir. We back with another episode this week, man. And we finally hitting y'all with the Aaliyah. One in a million review that we've been, <coughs> excuse me, that we've been talking about for a little while now. Um, obviously, you know, like I said last time, pardon me, that was my mistake. But here we are, bringing y'all the review live and direct, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now I'm actually excited just to see what you said, what you have to say about this joint, because it has been documented a few times on this podcast that you yes. are not a fan of Timberland and and his beats yes. and stuff like that and this yes. entire album was produced by Timberland mm-hmm. in fact this was the first album that was ever produced by Timberland this is the album that made Timberland and Missy household names in hip hop yeah and we, we were actually just looking over the uh, the writing credits before the show started and apparently uh uh Missy Elliott and Timberland wrote the whole thing yep. so this is and and again you know it's kind of crazy how, you know, we started to talk about this before, about how, like, Missy Elliott, like, this is essentially a Missy Elliott album, if, if you really look at it. And granted, Aaliyah put her touch on it, and that's not to knock off anything off of that, but still, like, the fact that, you know, Missy Elliott, she's already looked at as this, you know, like, amazing artist already, just off of her own music. Um, but when you really include, like, other works of music that she's worked on or that she's written all the way through, I think it's a. Uh, it just kind of speaks on her versatility, and especially in that time, you know, like maybe her, I, like looking how she looked, maybe she might have not been the most, uh, I guess, uh, marketable person or whatever to put out something like this. Mm-hmm. So you know, here comes Aaliyah. So I, I think that again, this just shows to the, to the writing power that that Missy Elliott has, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that actually is a a really like I. I think it's a really, really slept on thing because I don't think people really know what uh, or how many, I should say, writing uh, credits that Missy actually has uh, yeah. in hip hop. Uh, well, not not really necessarily hip hop, but mostly R&B music because she's done multiple songs for Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? Like she's she's worked with some of the greatest, even pop stars. She's got, you know, songs that she's mm-hmm. written by pop stars. In fact, let me let me let me look up Missy Elliott writing credits. My nigga. The first time, like when I knew that that shit was real, was uh when I heard her singing on the J Cole song, mm-hmm. but "Nobody's Perfect." Yeah, Nobody's people, perfect, people don't even know Missy can sing like that. Like Missy can Nigga, fucking blow, dog. I seen the writing cre- or or like the joint, and it said "Nobody's per- Perfect" featuring Missy Elliott, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Where the fuck is Missy Elliott?" All I hear is a girl singing amazingly over the <laughs> and over the hook, and the whole time is Missy Elliott. Exactly. Nigga, she got uh, she has like a, I feel like a really good voice. Oh, she has an incredible voice. It is fucking outrageous how good Missy Elliott can sing. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Uh, That's crazy. Songwriters Hall of Fame. Let's see if this gives a list. <coughs> so, damn. Okay, 
Macy Gray, Eve, Nicki Minaj, Destiny's Child, Nicole, mm. Katy Perry, Mel B of the Spice Girls, uh, Raven Simone from when she was a little kid, Aaliyah, Beyonce, Whitney Houston. Uh, she mm. wrote music for Janet Jackson. She wrote music for, uh, I think she might have uh, had a hand in writing some music for Aretha Franklin at one point. Um, That's fucking crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, she Missy has written music for a lot of people, and she has produced music for a lot of people. So, like, mm. she's incre incredible, and her and Timberland did an amazing job on this. Again, it's what made them household names in the industry. See, and and again, this, like you said, this definitely has the Timberland kind of beat. And I guess, I guess I'll just bring this up now because it'll be kind kind of hard to point it out since we're not like listening to the song here. Mm -hmm. But like one thing I realized about Timberland's production, and this is this is like what I find kind of I don't want to use the word corny here, but just not for me. I guess okay. let's use that word to be nice. Is that like it'll be certain parts, and then like it'll just have like the drum. It'll be like like you know what I mean. Like I don't know. I could probably show you better and I could just tell you, explain to you. Okay. But there's just certain it's certain things about um about fucking Timberland production. Let me see, hold on. Is it on this one? The little the little hi hats. That part. Yeah, man. That's that's oh, that's vicious. See, to me, dog, I'm sorry. It's just not to my liking. I'm just not a fan of it. That's all it is. I'm not saying like, I'll take it back if I ever said he wasn't great, because obviously that's not true. Cause he's obviously produced fucking a ridiculous amount of hits, but that's just I just to me is not my liking, dog. And and, and I've always kind of just mm, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you look at a lot of Timberland beats, right? Timberland will do something like if he does a slow song like that, he'll do something with the beat or something completely juxtaposed to it while that beat is going. But he he's able to do it and curate it into a way that really works the majority of the time. That one, I think, is like one of the most creative beats that he has ever made just because the two sounds that he put together to make the whole beat are so diametrically opposed because of, of the not just the tempo, but like the style in which they roll. But somehow it ends up working. Now there are songs, yes, that he does this crap with and it does not work. But hey, let, it's let usually me ask a hit. you this. How do you feel about this Timberland song? And again, I'm gonna have to kind of fake sing it because I don't remember what it's called. But it's the joint that's like That's I know it has to be a Timberland produced song because I feel like it sounds like a super Timberland beat. Somebody's singing on it, that, I'm assuming. It's like tell me that somebody. Tell me that somebody. Mm -hmm. That's Aaliyah. That's our Is that Aaliyah? Uh, are are you that somebody? Okay, yeah, that's definitely a Timberland beat, right? Oh yes, definitely. See with the, with the baby that... crying in the background. Oh I fucking <laughs> hate that shit so much, though. I wanna hit some I wanna punch a baby every time I hear that beat, but yo, I say the same shit about a lot of this, a lot of beats that you like, where I think something is overly done in it, where it's like it would be nah, a good joint if it's not overly done in it. I mean, this nah. is just Timberland fucking around with sound. Like, I mean, like you Bruh. know, just be, I mean, shit. I mean, then you can't really fuck with anything that the, that the fucking Neptunes do because they come up with some crazy off the wall sounds that are even weirder than Timberland. Because sometimes them Jones don't even mesh. <laughs> You, you know what? You, you might be right, and, and I might not be too fond of of a lot of Neptune beats as well. But for sure, that beat specifically 
drives me up a wall, bro. Oh, it's just, man. It's it's honestly one of the most, like, one of the worst beats of all time. Oh, bro, come on. Beat, you bro. overdid that. You overstated that. Right. It, it really is, dog, nah. because it just sounds like a bunch of shit thrown against. And I'm not saying that it doesn't work, I guess. I sure, I guess you want to say that. But it just sounds like a lot of shit thrown against the wall. And you, the, you, the, bugging. The, you bugging. Baby, you bugging. You bugging. Because you you literally the only person I've ever heard say they don't like that song. And that song dog. spent like 30 weeks at like number one or That's like in the fine. top five or some shit like that, dog. That That's is a cool. beloved song. <laughs> you know you know what? When I hear that beat, I picture Do you Have you seen the... Uh, the Big ass black dude that been dancing all over social media. <laughs> For some reason, when I hear that joint, I just picture him break dancing or doing his little dance oh to that God. joint. Like that's just the first thing. That, like I feel like all Timberland beats, like it's specifically made for niggas to break dance or do the little pop lock and drop it joint or whatever. Like, I mean, they vicious like that. But let's let's go ahead because we getting off topic yeah. now. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into this uh, album review for Aaliyah, One in a Million. Uh, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. All right, go ahead. All right. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start with the first joint, which, of course, is an intro. It wouldn't be a 90s album without a somewhat uh, 90s-esque intro. Like shit. But here we go. Now, I'm assuming that was probably Missy Elliott talking over the beat at the beginning. Yep. So yeah, we had Missy Elliott just talking over the beat or whatever, and it's again, it's it's kind of like a, it's like I say, typical short intro, nothing too much. It's called Beats for the Street, so it's pretty much just the beat kind of, excuse me, settling in or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I I thought the joint was a cool intro to to start the joint off. I I wasn't mad at it. Yeah, it's kind of it gives like, a kind of a spacey vibe to the beginning of the whole joint. Um, yeah, because. Aaliyah's voice is very, very light. Like, it's not... She doesn't have, like, yeah. a heavy, like, deep voice. It's a very, very light uh, soprano voice. So this is... um, You know, she, she sang a little bit on this joint with Missy talking in the background, talking that shit. Uh, but, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting way to start the album. But what really kicks off the album is number two, which is Hot Like Fire. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love this song. It's one of my favorite Aaliyah songs of all time. Um, it's a classic song for me. I think that the beat is really, really heavy and driving, um, and the synths are used in there are a lot, but they don't take away from the actual tone of the song. Uh, plus, um, if you haven't seen the video for this, I suggest it because number one, Aaliyah is fine as shit in it, and number two, oh, it's just a dope it. video. And there's there's never anything I can say wrong about this song. I think it was a really, really good way to start the album because you get a you kind of get a sense that especially with this song, the way that the beat is, you're not going to have a regular R&B sounding album here. And it, mm-hmm. it definitely didn't sound shit like her first album, which was uh, done with, uh, produced by R. Kelly. So like, it has a very, it's a very R&B sound and an R&B feel, even for a faster song, but it just gives you almost a completely different feel for it. But you still feel the hip hop, the R&B essence, but like, it's yeah. just so different. It draws you in. Yeah, no, I listen, man. I, I agree with everything you said. Um, to be honest, <clears throat> excuse me, I think this is definitely my favorite production on the joint. Mm-hmm. I think the beat is fucking vicious. I think the way she starts it off, like her voice, it just fits it perfectly. Um now was that was that Lil Kim at the beginning or was that Missy Elliott again? Talking? That was Missy. Okay. I feel like it kinda of sounded like like Lil Kim a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um but nonetheless, uh, yeah, I think it's a perfect song to start the joint off. Um, like you said, real slow, smooth joint. 
Um, and, and I think she killed it. I think Aaliyah killed it. And like you said, it was a perfect way to start the album, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but going on to uh, number uh, three, One in a Million, which is, of course, the title track on this joint. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I mean, excuse me. I think everybody knows this song. Again, it's probably one of her more popular songs. Would you say it's the most popular joint on the on the, on the album? or Because listening through this joint, I realized how many songs I've heard on this joint. And, you know, I, within their right are fucking really popular songs. Yeah, this one I'd say is the most popular and then behind it probably if your girl only knew. Um mm. I don't think I, I don't think Hot Like Fire was as popular as I love it, but it was a good song and it was out there. But I remember that If Your Girl Only Knew and um One in a Million were the ones that blew up this album. Yeah, and again, this joint starts off with the real super Timberland sounding kind of beat kind of joint. And uh again, like you said, it kinda it gives it a certain kind of sound, kind of like a hip hop s type of sound, because the drums really come through on the joint. So it's definitely a different kind of joint. I feel like Aaliyah definitely did her thing on the joint. Yeah, the 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 for a really slow song, uh, it it, it tells a really good story, but it's also amazing because like in this joint, they, a Timberland uses the sound of crickets as part of the track. Like really, and it it just works, and it like I think it took me like probably till like the fourth or fifth time that I listened to the song back in the day to realize that those were fucking crickets. Like it's literally like a cricket sound effect or just cricket sounds that he plays like like softly while the beat is playing at parts, and it it's just like it's crazy what he's able to do with this song. And is again, that done throughout the song? Uh, yeah, through most of it. Oh, shit, I gotta... You gotta go back and check that out. But uh, yeah, also, the sure. video for this joint is another fucking ridiculous video. It's like Mad Max kind of type joint, but like falling in love shit. Like, it's it's watch the fucking video for this. This joint, the, the video is classic. It's just hard to explain. It's like something you have to fucking watch. Yeah, now nah, to be honest, I don't like. And I think you said it before. Uh, before I started reviewing this joint, you were like, "Yo, you probably heard a good amount of these songs." Mm-hmm. But for some reason, none of the music videos come to mind. Now, granted, maybe once I see it, I'll be like, "Oh, that's right, I've definitely seen this music video." But, Possibly. Um, but yeah, now nah, I 100% agree. I think it was a great joint, uh, great song, and yeah, good good title track. One thing you also got to remember is that when it comes to Aaliyah's music. This album still, she wasn't like the big pop star that she was when that time that she died. By the time that, by the after this album, uh, she got offered the movie roles and stuff that made her more of a household name. And then she had her final album, which was really, really big before she passed away. But this album was pretty, it wasn't as like a pop hit, you know, like a popular music hit that was like, you know, like, Britney Spears fans and stuff were not always, you know, rocking Aaliyah and stuff. It was really more of like the hip hop R and B genre. You know, if you if you listen to that, you were more likely to have listened to Aaliyah with this up to this joint because it was still in that niche at that point. Mm, so, so I'm guessing the, uh, the you said the third album was her biggest joint, Aaliyah. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. it, was, it was like I think it was her biggest commercial album, like especially like right off the bat. I think we talked about this shit before. How like. If you're a '90s R&B singer, you 100% have an album named after your first name. Oh yeah, gang, gang, gang. Like I mean, who for real? Like it was like a whole thing. Like I don't know, <laughs> I can't think of any album, any artist that I love from that time frame, probably male or female, <laughs> that doesn't have an album named after just their first name. Like, yeah. 
That's just it. It's such a fucking specific to that age thing too. I feel mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of a crazy thing. Yeah, but then but, again, uh, but then again, the the R and B singers right now don't really have names that you can just use like one part of their name and it would be like a good album name because it's like okay, no offense to Snow Allegra, I enjoyed the album, but if you just put Snow on a joint, I'm not gonna know what the fuck that is because it doesn't like doesn't look like S N O W because yep. it's spelled completely differently. So mm-hmm. I I wouldn't even be like I would be like okay, I don't know what this is. I feel like a lot of motherfuckers would be saying like Snow, <laughs> exactly like Snow, like what the fuck is Snow? What language yeah. is that? <laughs> uh huh. Hell yeah, no, nah, nah, but that was definitely definitely a thing, and I'm trying to think of any other uh. And you know what? I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of singers now, like for example, her, she's like has just a, like one like one word name or whatever. It's not mm-hmm. like a two. Yeah. It's not like first and last name or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I feel like uh, feel like um, feel like we should go back to the fucking album. Hey, let's go. Let's again. go. All right. But, um, uh, we'll go into number four, uh, "A Girl Like You" featuring Tretch. Now, yeah. I fucking love this song. Everything from the beat to like Aaliyah singing to Tretch rapping. Uh, Tretch is my favorite member of Naughty by Nature. I think he's most people's favorite member of Naughty by Nature. Um, and he delivers vicious. He delivers two vicious verses on this joint. Uh, the 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 beat goes hard and it fucking complements Aaliyah's light voice well. Honestly, again, this is just a song that I grew up loving. So there's really nothing bad I can say about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, and um, I feel like you know, like you said, because um, you were saying that. Uh, the album before this, it was kind of it wasn't as hip hop esque. No, it was still it was still hip hop ish, but it was more R and B uh sided because uh there was like fuck who was the there was there he she had uh featured like hip hop artists on the first album, but I can't remember who off the top of my head, and I'm gonna have to look it up, and that's gonna take away. But from would my... you say that this album definitely was more grounded to hip hop? Like for example, this beat right here, which is completely like a. A 90s hip-hop beat for sure yeah definitely definitely this was definitely more towards the hip-hop vibe um like you could you might have got there was a couple of joints now that i'm looking at the track list yes there was a couple of like old school sounding like hip-hop joints on there but like there was no one rapping it was just her singing over like a kind of hip-hop-ish sounding beat but again Mm. most of the songs of course you know it was curated by an r&b singer so most of the songs are r&b background for sure for sure, yeah. So no, um, one hundred percent. I think the beat is like, and the reason I asked that is because like you know if you're expecting to hear like a lot more like R and B type, and granted she does bring this up later on in the album, but like when you hear the first you know three songs and then you hear a girl like you, you're like, damn, this is like straight like one hundred percent kind of like hip hop, you know, uh-huh. sounding type of joint. Yeah. But um, I I think it was is a vicious beat. Um, like you said, Tretch definitely fucking killed the joint throughout the joint. I think. This is like the quintessential '90s guy rapping and girl kind of singing, yep. like answering to his rap or whatever. Exactly. It's it's the original back and forth. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. So I feel like this is this is definitely that, and uh, it, it I feel like it fits perfectly where it was in the album for sure. I agree. But let's uh let's go on to number five, which is uh, if your girl only knew. And this is like the anti scumbag album. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, anthem uh, for sure. Um, and and yeah, pretty much Aaliyah, you know, uh, telling a nigga like you know, telling a nigga that like if his girl knew what was going on, she wouldn't be around because you know he's wilding out essentially. Exactly. But I think I think it's a vicious beat on the joint. I think the beat is definitely 
definitely a vicious joint. And uh, yes, I think she killed the joint. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this one is definitely more of a just straight up R and B sounding song, not as much uh, hip hop sounding. Um, mm. But I mean that that that's good because I mean Timberland does know how to make those type of beats. Sometimes they may sound a little bit funky like this one does, but this one is actually just really really smooth because I feel yeah. like. I don't know what he used for the samples and stuff, but to me, it just kind of sounds like it's mostly it's mostly like um, bass guitars. Yeah, you're right. It does like, sound like a lot of a lot of bass. Yeah, like it. Yeah, you're right. It sounds a lot like bass guitar. Uh, I think that's one of the main reasons why it works so fucking well. But it's just a fucking smooth ass song. And again, the video is vicious. Like Aaliyah always look good in the video. First of all, always Aaliyah looks good in the motherfucking video. Nigga, you about to make me like this shit right now. We're gonna have to take a little pause. Hold on, bro. And it gets even better when it gets to the self titled jump. Because, oh my gosh, Aaliyah is she's just beautiful. That was like that was one of my that was one of my wanted to be baby mamas when I was younger. So would you say she was the Rihanna of the nineties? I could say that because of especially because of the how she how she affected fashion for uh, for women. Oh hell yeah, dog! When like I feel like one of my favorite pictures of all time. It's like her wearing the little Tommy suit. Mm-hmm. Little oh, Tommy yeah, definitely. Joint. Remember, we can't have it play that long, though. But yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> but yeah no, that, uh, that the sound of that beat is absolutely amazing. Like Timberland. And that was like, that's the first thing I remember hearing from the new Aaliyah sound. And I just remember being completely like entranced in the fucking beat. And then when she comes on there and she's harmonizing with herself on the chorus, like, she'll probably leave. Mm-hmm. You alone, and then it's like yo, and she's like, it's it's amazing, it's really really good. And again, for a person with such a light sounding voice, she gives you such like a deep resonance with this song. Yeah, she really does. It's it's really does. it's really like a, just, it's different from what you've heard at that point. So like, yeah, I fuck with this song hard. And again, super credits to fucking Missy Elliott once again for writing because I feel like, yep. and, and I'm not saying that that Aaliyah didn't add her touch to it because I'm sure she did, but. Like I just feel like a lot of the the songwriting so far throughout this joint is like really top notch. Mm-hmm. I also have a I also think that when Missy Elliott writes for people, she has a knack of like I guess getting to know the person first and then being able to write a song that like kind of speaks in that person's voice. For sure, because I feel like it's very much a song that like Aaliyah would have sounded. You would have mm-hmm. thought Aaliyah would have written just by hearing her talk and you know about you know just how she she was as in like uh, when she got interviewed and stuff. See, because I feel like with with Aaliyah, or at least from what it it looks like, I feel like you can't go too hard because it wouldn't be believable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At the same time, you kind of got to be at least somewhat crossing certain you know yeah because she was very much a tomboy but still very girly girly pretty pretty at the same time Mm -hmm. for sure for sure all right we'll go ahead and move on to number six choosy lover old school new school uh which samples from the isley brothers of the same song same song name she essentially is basically just singing the words to it and over like a new fancy beat to it like a cover song like a cover yeah exactly um, I do love the fucking guitar sample that they use at the beginning or the electric guitar that is played at the mm-hmm. beginning and at the end of the jump because that joint kind of goes off at the end of the song. Yeah, um, you're right. You're right. And then, uh, but this joint is kind of like, 
to me with her voice like i always say it's like very light and airy to this one it almost sounds like haunting and like hypnotizing because mm-hmm. she's singing at like a lower level and she actually yeah. hits some lower lower notes on this joint and actually hits them pretty well uh but yeah it's a different it's very different from everything that we've heard so far on this album and I, I fucking love it. And when you really strip it down, it's a boom bat beat that she's like singing over. So like, it's just, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And let me just say that um, before I knew of the Isley Brothers original, um, I thought that the original version of this song was a Bone Thugs and Harmony song called Buddha Lava. <laughs> well, they got that from the Isley Brothers too. Yes. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But. It's just funny because all my life, for like a good portion of my life, better said, like I always like I've known I've known this melody because of Bone Thugs, <laughs> and it's funny because, <laughs> like the, um, I'm so glad you chose me, baby, baby. <laughs> Obviously, Bone Thugs pretty much changed fucking Buddha for fucking you know Shoozy uh, or whatever. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but let me just, I just wanted to throw it out there. That was my first <laughs> introduction to this uh, melody or, or song structure, whatever you want to call it. But go. nonetheless, um, I thought it was really done really well. Like you said, I think Aaliyah's voice, it sounds really haunting through the joint. It kind of sounds like, like you said, entrancing almost. And uh, I, to be honest with you, right, I wasn't a big fan of the beat switch at the end. I, I, I could understand that. I could understand that. Because, I mean, I, I, I have not always been a fan of that beat switch at the end either. I mean, I accept it. You know, like, it's been around forever. So, like, I'm yeah. used to it at this point. But, yeah. like No. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It was just something to me. I feel like it was such a drastic change. It was kind of unnecessary the way that the song yeah. was going. Mm-hmm. It should. I feel like it should have just winded off right there with the with the guitar kind of going off mm-hmm. and that should have just been it. And then gone into the next joint. But overall, I thought this joint was really well done. I, I don't mind the cover. I actually, I love dog. To be honest, right. One of my favorite things is finding covers of like old songs done really, really well. And you know what? That was a thing, especially in R and B for a long time. Like, I really? hate to tell you how many singers between pop stars and R and B stars. I have heard sing the song time after time. Like, I don't know whose song it is originally, but I've heard Cindy Lauper do it. I've heard Lil Mo do it. I've heard just I've heard so many fucking people sing that damn song over time. And, I, you know, like it's that was a staple in R&B before was that there is a really popular song that's really good. OK, let me get on this, Joan, and show you how it's done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and make it better. And then you got hey. somebody else is like, oh, I can do a better job than that. So you you have like five people out with a song. Every version of the song is different. Every version of the song is good in a specific way. And I, the, the one example I can think of right now, and it's actually in three different genres of music, is the song mm-hmm. Landslide. And it's, uh, it's actually, yeah, it's, it's a classic rock song by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And then it was sampled by the Dixie Chicks. I think they're just called the Chicks now in the 90s. So there's a country version. Also, earlier than that one in the 90s, it was, it was uh, sampled by the band the smashing pumpkins so there's like a rock mm. version like of it so like it's that's three different funny. versions of this one song and they're all good <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that used, there used to be like that in r&b honestly i feel like that's still uh creativity taking somebody's work and making it your own essentially mm-hmm. because obviously it's one thing if you if you just take it 
melody for melody and strum for strum and just convert it like it, that that's that is kind of whack but if you make it your own and kind of add to it not just copy it but add to it innovate it a little bit mm-hmm. and to me that's a really impressive amount of creativity because you're taking something that's already already great on its own power mm-hmm. and just adding to it and making it even better because you run a risk when you do that that's a lot true of times you run a risk that a lot of times people they're already used to hearing a certain hearing this song a certain way mm-hmm. so if, if they hear it from you it's like you gotta really bring it so that's that's the thing about um about doing samples and sh- or samples covers mm-hmm. but like i said when it's really well done and i feel like there's there's a there's obviously hits and misses but when it's really well done i, I think it, it, it could be done really well you're right and the most famous before we move on the most famous example that i can think of of the, a cover song that was so well done it eclipsed the original is um what is that joint um god damn it you talking about the fabulous joint no the uh it, it was a it started off as the dolly parton oh and i will always love you it started out as a dolly parton song and then whitney You're houston lying. did it i swear to god that was a dolly parton song yep and it's not bad with her doing it but whitney <laughs> whitney <laughs> whitney <Nick>. did that <laughs> that is nick i don't get it. look all respect to Dolly Parton, dog, but that is Whitney Houston's song. I don't Basically. care what nobody. If you, if you, I guarantee you, dog, if you do like, you know, you ask a hundred people who song, who sings that song, they're gonna say Whitney nigga, Houston. Everybody's gonna say Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. That's like, I feel like that's the go-to. That's probably one of the most popular. It's definitely one of the most popular songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Of and all time. if you ever, I don't know if you were really young at the time, but when Whitney Houston sang. The the national anthem, I think it was at like the 96 Olympics when they were in Atlanta. Mm. I think that's where it was. But she sang the national anthem and she murked it. Mm. I'm talking about murked the motherfucker. And for like generations after that at this point, everyone who sings the national anthem has some inflection of Whitney Houston's version in their version. And I mean like from little people that I've seen sing it at football games in high school to like Christina Aguilera, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. big pop stars, they have a little inflection. They try to make it their own, but somebody always has a little inflection of some way that Whitney did that song in their song at some part. So, shout out to Whitney Houston, hey, man. That's shout the voice. Out to Whitney Houston, the motherfucking voice. Again, we're off that's topic. <laughs> hey, you gotta love it, man. It's it, it's is is what is what is what they tune in for, man. Basically, basically. Because if if y'all wanted to hear an album review, y'all go, you know, wherever else, whatever. We give you we give you the album review with some flavor. Exactly. Man. You know what I'm saying? Put a little, put it all in the pot, stir it up together, see what you get. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is, man. But let's go on <laughs> to number seven. To where uh, got to give it up featuring Slick Rick. Yeah. Now it starts uh, with Slick Rick. I feel like he has. Man, he has an oddly very specific like voice. Like you could always tell it's, <laughs> it's slick Rick, dog. It's it's funny. I don't know. It's just it's it's definitely like I'm not a very big uh like I don't really know a whole lot of slick rick music, but just off of the little that I have heard of his I guess more popular songs, this this one hundred percent I could tell it was him without looking at the oh yeah at the track listing. And I thought it was a dope song, you know. Um, bef- before we start recording, you let me know that this essentially is, or Aaliyah's part, is her um, doing a Marvin Gaye song, yep. essentially just over over this beat, which I wasn't aware of. Um, 
But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a dope song. It's a feel good song. Just a lot, you know, like a groovy kind of very funky kind of song. Uh-huh. And I think both Aaliyah and uh, and Sick Rick did they did their thing on this joint. Uh, Sick Rick again, just I felt I don't know. I feel like he kind of also had the stereotypical "I'm a rapper" kind of <laughs> rapping on the singer's part, where he mentions the singer uh-huh. like, "Oh, I walk up in the club and I see Aaliyah." Like <laughs> I I hate that that was such a thing back then. Whenever there's a feature with a rapper, that the rapper like Biggie did it on um yeah on Mary J's John um yeah um, on Mary on Real Love yep uh huh Real Love remix dog that nigga talk about uh 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 I don't know I forgot exactly what he said but he mentioned Mary's name in the joint and and I hated that that that's such a cliche <laughs> thing for uh, uh collabs back in the day dog I don't know why they did it so much I'm glad that that kind of stopped now. But um, it definitely was a thing, yeah, and it happens sure. here. But nonetheless, all that being said, I thought it was a great song. I thought it was a um, good job by both Slick Rick and Leah. Yeah, I've always loved this song. It's a good little funky party song. It's also a cool little background song. So if you just have people <clears throat> for mm-hmm. a little kickback or whatever at the house, or even if you have like a little family function, you can put this mm-hmm. on in the background, and Slick Rick don't cuss in it, so you know it's it's a little smooth and can be played around the kids and stuff. Yep. And Again, it's just like it's like a cool updated uh, take on on a fun version of what Marvin Gaye did back in the seventies. Both versions are good in their own rights, uh, but yeah, like I mean, like you said, it's just a very happy, upbeat song. It, it's a good, it's a good placement in the jump because you kind of got a we we started out a little slow with some faster stuff. I mean, we started out a little fast with stuff, and then we kind of mm-hmm. like slowed down a little bit. And then even after this one, we're going to slow down again. So like it's yeah. it's a good way to keep the energy up in the middle of the album. And then, ironically, after that, bring it right back up with everything going to be all right. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's a good little mix there. Good good track listen. So we got um, number eight is four-page letter. And uh, you know what? I think I got my, my videos confused. Uh, four-page letter was the video I was trying to remember to tell you when we were talking about one in a million. Although the one in a million video is good, too. But the four-page letter video was the one I was thinking in my head for some reason. That just occurred to me. So w- just watch them all, Doug. <laughs> After this, I'm 100% on it, for sure. But uh, four-page letter is a fucking great song. Again, it has the fucking uh, like cricket sound in the background of the jump. Uh, it's mm. very, very like a slow tempo. And then you get that... Like joint that just comes in and like keeps like your attention going in the slower song. Again, Aaliyah's like really light angelic voice is perfect on this joint, and her harmonization with herself again fantastic. Uh, I always love, I've always loved this song, um, and I think that the chorus really blends well with the other songs. Like it all, it all comes together as a sound. It's not just like you're singing over something. The singing is part of the sound of the song, so it's all put together. At least in my opinion, I think that it's uh, it's vicious, and it's just the subject of basically unrequited love. <laughs> like you know, yeah, that's just it. Yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was dope. Um, you know, Aaliyah starts to join off pretty much. It's kind of funny if you think about it. Like in 2022, like thinking like a girl, especially a girl doing this, like liking a guy and her sending him a letter because she's shy. Mm-hmm. That's essentially how the joy starts off. But uh, but yeah, it definitely has 1990s written all over it. Oh yeah. So it definitely, uh, it's definitely uh, in that regard, I guess, time restraint to that. But nonetheless, a dope song, like you said. I feel like again, this is one of those songs that I had heard previously before listening to the joint uh-huh. um i think it has to be one of her more popular songs uh-huh. if i'm not mistaken 
I think Drake sampled it or some shit like that. Because, you know, Drake like Drake was, like, obsessed with Aaliyah or some shit like that. Yeah, I think it was four-page letter he sampled. So, um, so I've definitely heard the hook before. I hadn't heard the whole song, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was dope. I thought it was, again, we, we mentioned it was a slowdown after the previous song. But I think it, I think it works, and I think it was a, a dope song right here, for sure. Plus, I love those DJ scratches that are just like that come in at the, at those random intervals and they, they just make everything work. Plus, I swear to God, I listen to this song so many times. I've I've always said I feel like there's like 30 different sounds going on in this song. Not all at once, but at at, at all together, there's like 30 different so- sounds that make up this song. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's, and again, shout out to fucking Timbaland, I guess. I ain't the biggest fan of it. Fuck all that sound shit, man. That shit, I don't know. That shit kind of death broke <laughs> hey, ass but, it, but hey. He made it work, though. He made it work, though. <laughs> nah, he did, for sure. <laughs> Let's go on to... Number nine, which is uh, everything gonna be all right. Which, if I'm not mistaken, this has to be uh, like a not a cover, but like an in- interpolation. I think is the word of that song. This is a song, right? That everything gonna be all right. Yes. Right. I I I can't think of of, of what song or what even genre that shit is right now. But I know I had heard that part before, so that was something that really. Right, that's an old Motown joint. I know it, it has, but yeah. I can't remember who actually sings it like right now. But yes, nah. no, that uh, that song, as soon as you start to sing that, yes, I was like, yes, that's uh, <laughs> I, I know that song, I just can't fucking think about it. I think it I says Rodney Jerkins, Rodney Jerkins, but he's a producer, Dark Child, yeah, he's a producer. I, I just clicked on that, he's just the producer, he's not the creator of the original song, hmm. but uh, I mean, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Hey. Fuck it. Anyways, nonetheless, we'll figure that out <laughs> yeah. at some point. But um, I thought I thought it was a good again bring right back up after you hear four page letter, which is kind of a slower song. Mm-hmm. But uh it's definitely more of an upbeat song. It has that like real like kind of like like hip hop y kind of beat to it. It's it's kinda like a smooth type of joint. But uh I thought I thought, I thought the joint was dope, man. I thought it was a good like kind of bring you back to life type of joint. I think so too. Uh, the only my only real complaint about it is I think that the chorus was very basic. Um, oh, for sure. Uh, but at the uh, and but her runs at the end of this shit are incredible. Like I forgot that Aaliyah could do runs like that because <laughs> she doesn't do it all the time on stuff. But it definitely, it definitely, like you said, it has a very late '90s sound to it. So, but I mean, it's it's a dope song, and again, it's good to be brought back up because after after four page letter, that joint is a not only is it a slow song, but it's a deep song. So you mm-hmm. know, what I'm saying like it's good to get hit right back and you know give you a, a rush of adrenaline before you hear any more slow stuff from her. Nah, for sure, for sure, I agree. All right, and uh, we'll go ahead and slide into number ten then, uh, giving you more. Uh, Aaliyah starts this track off showing her vocal range again, doing all types of runs and shit over this ridiculously re- uh, like beautiful. Can I actually explain beat. what runs are? My bad. It's like when that. they just like do like the not like the ad libs, but they go like they do like the the up and down with their voices, and they they go on for long periods of time, just like holding the oh, note okay. and stuff like that. Okay, 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 yeah. okay. I get what you're saying. Cool. But um, let me see. Uh oh. I don't know who that is. Sorry, I just had to move the phone off the desk so it wouldn't vibrate. <laughs> nah, you good. Uh, yeah, so number 10, giving you more. Uh, she shows off, starting off again with her vocal range. I love mm-hmm. the sample that they use on this jump. 
it it's such a driving beat with such a smooth R&B sound and I think that the the chorus on this joint is just fucking fantastic. So again, keeping you kind of, you know, keeping you up on your up on your feet a little bit more, keeping keeping up with the energy of the album because again, there are some more slower songs on here and like some yeah. like slow slow joints, so like, you know, it's good to again keep that momentum going. Yeah, I also felt like, you know, you used the word haunting early in the album and I feel like the hook on this joint or the the chorus on this joint kind of has that same kind of like the layering kind of gives it that haunting effect, to, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Though. Oh, that joint. Um, but I thought I thought the joint was dope. I thought it was like you said. Um, the beat was dope. I, th- I felt like it was. It kept a good pace from the last joint, and uh, I thought the joint was a, was a good song. Um, yeah, I thought the joint was good. Yeah. And uh, let's go on to uh, number eleven, which is "I Got You Back," which I thought this joint was a. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like with all the thick pieces people write up nowadays, this joint would definitely not survive 2021. <laughs> because pretty much she's just saying that she going to ride out, ride or die with her man, no matter what he do uh-huh. to her. Uh-huh. And uh, you know what I mean? 2022, man, is kind of a crazy thing to say if you ask certain people. But nonetheless, uh, I thought the joint was I thought the joint was dope. I thought the joint, um, I thought she, she got her, her point across and it sounded good. So... Yeah, I fuck with it, man. I agree. And I also think that this song is like, it's just a reflection of its time frame. Like you said, in 2021, it may not be, it may not make it past the gate, but in uh, like what, 1999, 1997, whenever it came out, that joint was like, that joint was like, had pro- uh, probably had all the girls like uh, with the no scrubs jump, had them all singing like, you know, all uh, all powerful and, you know, they thought, oh, yeah. you know, they was like overthinking shit, but they was just like, oh yeah, I don't need this, blah, blah, blah. The whole time. Yep. And it's just like, you know, in the nineties everybody was like, you know, like, oh, don't worry, dude, I got your back, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, like not the same thing, but you know, it's the same the same energy behind it, I guess you want to say, as they mm-hmm. did with the no scrubs uh later on. So For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, nah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I thought the drone I thought the drone was cool. Um, again, just very uh uh restraint to that time period, I feel, if you really think about it. Cause mm-hmm. now I feel like that probably wouldn't be something that um Cause and granted, if you think about it, there was a lot, obviously, a lot less. Uh, like I feel like a woman's uh role in society was a lot less back back then compared to what it is now. Yeah. So I feel like this is kind of more like yeah, like kind of like her saying like yo, no matter what, I'm gonna ride for you. Da da da. I think she even says no matter how bad you treat me or something like or <laughs> how bad you act. I don't know. She says some shit that I was like, damn. Well, I mean, on, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, just like rappers said shit back in the day that was like, sure. you looked at them sideways. It was like R&B singers did, too. And I, oh, yeah. I, I'll i never forget the, the what on the Destiny's Child, the last album uh, was the song Cater to You. And Kelly, she mm. said, she said, if you come home late, tap me on my shoulder. I'll roll over. I'm here to serve you. <laughs> I was like, yo, Kelly is out here doing what? <laughs> hey, yo. I did not know that. Yeah, so I was just like, I was like, she's wilding on that one right there. But you know what? Hey, maybe, maybe that's how she maybe, is. Because you maybe know, that's you, how it is. If you arrive at that jump, maybe that's how it is. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, nah, for sure. And that's another. It's just funny how, and again, this might be a hot take here, but you know, Beyonce was a part of Cater to You, but then also wrote Single Ladies and <laughs> uh, you know a couple other independent woman anthems. Yeah. You know, hey, mm-hmm. you know, who, who am I to say? Well, I mean, they all, Destiny's Child did in 
have an entire what I've always called the man hating album, which is actually called the writings on the wall. That's the ones with bills, 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 <laughs> and all that other shit. <laughs> yeah. And then they go, then they go to to something like Cater to You, which is like the ultimate opposite end it, of, of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's like I grew, grew up a little bit. <laughs> Let me stop playing. Let me stop bugging. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So that's another song that um. I've definitely, I've definitely heard prior just because I guess it was a big song, but that I actually listened to. It's funny because um, YNW Melly, who's actually locked up and potentially facing the death penalty, oh Jesus, uh, he did, uh, he did like, um, like a remix to that joint, and obviously he made it ignorant and made it fucking just ignorant as fuck, of course, and. And that was my first time hearing that the melodies. I'm like, so I was like, hold on, this is an actual song. And then the whole time I went back and, and it's it's like it's like what's her name? Was it Keisha Cole or K Michelle that was mad because um that one jump made a made a uh, a version of her song. It was like um I think the song was called Love or some shit like that. He turned it into like blood or some shit like that and made like a gangster version of it. She got mad as fuck. And then when she was I think when he was on the like the verses or some shit brought him out to fucking perform the song. No. <laughs> I was dead. Hey, that's but uh that's no. hilarious. Uh yeah, so um <laughs> again, let's let's slide back to the album review. For sure. Um, I don't even remember how we got to this. Place. I don't even see that's that's what it is. I don't remember either. Uh, number 12 is Never Given Up featuring Travis Polk or Traverius Polk, which it says on different things. Um, <laughs> this one, this song, the airiness of Aaliyah's voice makes the piano-driven beat she sings over sound absolutely amazing. And this is another great, um, a great, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to read a great example. I can't read my, <clears throat> I'm looking at the words and not reading them and don't understand why. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to say, nigga, it's on a, it's on a laptop. Now, now. Come on, bro. This is a great example of old school R&B storytelling, and yeah. I don't know anything about Travis, Traverius, whatever his name is. I don't know anything else about him, but I love the way that he sounded on here, and it sounded like he was like one of the guys from Jodeci. Like it sounded like he had a Jodeci yeah. sounding voice to me. But uh, nah, the song was dope as fuck. I, I've, ne- I've always liked this song. Yeah, I I really thought that the hook, like you said, uh, Aaliyah's voice on the hook really just sounded, like you said, it's like a very airy kind of sound to it. And I th- I thought sh- that shit just sounded fire, dog. Like, um, and, and it's a very, I thought like a very old school R&B sounding type of joint to mm-hmm. me. Like when I hear, when I think quintessential old school sound R&B, this, this is probably the most R&B that this album gets. With with an exception to maybe one or two songs on here, yeah. But um, yeah, I thought I thought I thought this joint was dope, man. I thought this joint was dope, even though my man uh, Tavarius Pope, he did a part where he was like, like little, <laughs> I've always thought when uh, that's another thing that I feel like the uh, R and B singers from the nineties always did. The little, that's the runs. Yeah, that's the runs, yeah, dog. Nah, but dog, sometimes that joint don't be rocking, dog. Sometimes. <laughs> nah, sometimes they try to do the most and try to do a little something different, and it's, it's not what it is, and that's what makes doing that's what it is about singing and doing runs because like i said i I can sing and i've never been good at runs i can do them every now and then but it takes a certain type of singer to really be able to do runs well especially if you're going to try and put a little stank on it because they are not easy to accomplish when you're just trying to like bullshit your ass let me ask you a question that might take a long time to answer if you really dove into it right but try to give me the most compact answer can somebody who's not a naturally good singer 
become at least a decent singer with practice as far as like hitting certain notes, like like some of the lower notes. Yes. So pretty much anybody could sing halfway decent. Yeah, you can learn how to sing and like not again, not be the greatest singer, but you can learn how to carry a tune. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not sound like crazy. Yeah. People I mean, that's why they have vocal lessons and singing lessons and all that other stuff. So But I, I just always assume that those people who took that was somebody who let's just say they had some potential, but they just didn't have control of their voice kind of type mm-hmm. shit, which that's, I'm sure is one of the things that they Yeah, that's do. why, a lot, honestly, a lot of the pop stars who we are, who we know are not naturally powerful singers, they take vocal lessons. Because, mm. I mean, I've heard, yeah. like, I don't know if you've heard it, but, like, and I hate to shade your girl, but, like, there's a there's a clip of Rihanna when she first started her singing per- career, and she's trying yeah. to, like, sing uh, Hero by Mariah Carey. And it sounds terrible. Like, I mean, it just sounds horrible. But then later yeah. on in her career, when she's singing slower songs and like actually putting effort behind it, you can tell, okay, she's had vocal training at this point because it's way better than what the fuck she was trying to do before. For sure. Like, and if you hear um, a lot of Rihanna's earlier shit, like, even if you think about the first song that she blew up off Ponder Replay, mm-hmm. when you hear something like that and then you, you hear a song like Stay, which was a song later on in her career. Mm-hmm. I, forget, I think it might have been on her last album. Um, but when you hear a performance like that, like you said, it might not be the greatest vocal performance, but you definitely could tell that there's been, like you said, some improvement and just most likely uh, vocal training and shit mm-hmm. like that. I forget which award show it was, but there was an award show Jennifer Lopez opened singing mm. like a medley of her songs. And like I've heard Jennifer Lopez sing live before, and it's really nothing to be like super oh, yeah. like great with. But she's had a lot of vocal training from when she started on the six up until like a few years ago, whenever the fuck that album, whenever the fuck that was that she did that because she actually sounded amazing. And she did like a set where it was mostly acapella and her just like hitting notes and shit. And I was like, okay, she's had a lot of training because I did not know she could do that. She had power in the voice, she had control in the voice, sounded really good singing without backup music. I was mm. like, okay, well, she 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 she's getting it done now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what's up because I feel like uh, J Lo's always been somebody who like, at least I've always felt was just okay at a lot of different things. Yeah, mm-hmm. except dancing. She's really good at dancing. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. For All sure. Right. But let's go back to that. Bet, bet, bet. So we got number thirteen, heartbroken. Um, I really do love the beat on this joint, and it's definitely yeah, more of a hip hop beat, which I think was helps with that. And it's really a very angelic way of just singing about niggas breaking her heart. <laughs> For sure. Nah, I, I I felt the same way, man. I I thought the beat was really really dope, like you said. Honestly, probably my favorite beat on the album. Mm-hmm. And the way I I look at it, there's no way this shit was produced by fucking Timberland. Dog. No way. I gotta go check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> no way. Oh, uh, you know what? It was. It told was. You. Nonetheless, told you he produced the whole album, dog. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. With the exception <laughs> of, uh, I guess the last one, Daryl Simmons. Daryl Simmons. The is it the outro or the last actual song? Uh, the one I give my heart to. Okay. Yeah. No, that was. Uh, that was definitely not Timberland. No, because that's definitely the, more of a pop sounding joint. The or the more slower type of, mm-hmm. like a typical like pop like ballad type song. Hmm. Which is why I guess Never Giving Up was also not produced by Timberland. Yeah, because it was produced by whoever made it for what's his name <laughs> for uh, Marvin Gaye. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's not the Marvin Gaye joint. Got never giving up? up. Oh, never giving up. My bad. I yeah, yeah, no, ne- uh, never giving up. That maybe joint. he, maybe um, he did. 
Maybe Travis Polk was the producer. I don't know. No, no, no. It was um. It says Herbert slash King. I'm not sure who, but it wasn't Timberland. Herbert King. Yeah. Well, I don't know who Herbert King. Both last names are Herbert and King. Uh oh. Um. Craig King. Craig King. Yeah. I don't know. Who and Vincent is. Vincent Herbert. Vincent Herbert. Isn't Vincent Herbert what's her face's ex husband? Tamar uh, Jackson or to, to, to whichever that loud Braxton? no the uh, the loud baby one. Tamar Braxton. Is it Tamar? I think so. I yeah. think Vincent Herbert wasn't that her husband. This yes, it was. Ha! <laughs> Look at that. I forgot he was a producer. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he might have produced um, either this joint or maybe the original uh, Choosy Lover because it was for Choosy Lover. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's old enough to produce the original Choosy Lover because that was done in like maybe the late sixties or the seventies. Okay, yeah, probably definitely wasn't there. So yeah, probably of this joint, but yeah, um, but yeah, that's no, pretty like, impressive. Yeah, it, fuck it, like you, all these people you didn't know. I forgot that fucking uh, Stevie J fucking produced shit on uh on yeah. Biggie's album and shit like that. So like you know, nigga, I've always again there's a there's a generation of people who who think of Stevie J as fucking loving hip-hop exactly because so. nobody i mean he was behind the camera behind everything before he wasn't like a household name for sure so. for sure no um but fuck it let's let's go back to the uh to the album review um uh, let me see which one was he on 14 okay so let's go back to uh number 14 uh never coming back I thought this genre was really dope. Um, I thought the hook specifically is kind of what, what caught my attention. Like the layering of her voice on that joint mm-hmm. was really dope. And uh, just a really a really well-written song. I think the the beat on it was really simplistic, I, I would say. But I feel like it fit specifically what they were trying to do. Very smooth joint. Um, honestly, one of the, uh, I would say this is kind of like a B-side banger right here where it's like, Probably not one of the more popular songs, mm-hmm. but definitely a banger. Yeah, and I thought it was really cool because this is one of the first albums. And like again, like when this album came out, I'm not gonna say like I was as like in like a knowing of music as I am now. But mm-hmm. like when I remember when this joint came out, it was the first album I ever heard where it sounded like it was like us, like they were doing a live concert because she has crowd interaction and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. and she's just talking to the crowd at the beginning and at the end of the song. So yeah. it's just like I I had never heard that at that point. Now I've heard it a million times since then, of course. But um, but yeah, no, it was just something that was completely new to me. I mean, it's like it seems like so novel now, like you know, oh whatever, you know, simple. You can do that all the time. Everybody does that at, at one point. But she was literally the first one I can remember that did that, and I thought mm. that was dope as fuck. Yeah, I feel like um. So would you say that this is like like thrown in there like via or or did they probably just get this from a performance from her? What would you say? No, I'd say that they probably made it up in the studio and she just kind of like acted like she was on stage doing it because it's too clear. Uh, like she's too clear yeah, right, for it right, to be right. a live performance. But like I, it definitely it sounds just like someone d- was doing a live performance, at, you know, in the mm-hmm. middle of the joint. So you're right. I feel like I've I've definitely heard. And it's funny you say that because Drake being an Aaliyah stan, Drake's actually done the same thing mm-hmm. where um, what the fuck song is it? Uh, I think it's Passion Fruit. Um, he does a little joint where he kind of starts to join off and then you hear the crowd kind of talking in the background and then somebody talking over it and mm-hmm. whatever. So, yeah, so definitely a, um, a thing that's definitely been done after that for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, number 15, uh, Ladies in the House featuring Missy Elliott and Timberland. 
Um, I think this is an interesting beat. It's not one of my more favorite beats on this track, but I still think that it's really, really interesting. Um, it's not much really as a, a story-driven song as like the last few songs on this don't really have been. Uh, it's mm. just kind of a like a. <laughs> it's just a fun joint to do, and Timbo is singing the chorus terribly enjoyably for me. Uh, like it's terrible. terrible. It's terrible, but I still love it. <laughs> I'm yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I fucking hated that nigga. Dog. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm sorry, dog, but this is this is a this is you use a nice word. I, for, I forgot already what you use. Terribly but enjoyable. I mean, no, no, no. Uh, to describe. Uh, this song, oh yeah, enjoyable, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right, you're right. I'm gonna use a much more blunt word. This is a filler song. Let's be honest. <laughs> be, and I'm not saying it's a bad song, but it's definitely a filler song. It could be considered again, again. Yeah. Back to back to your boy Timberland. Uh, that singing, he did not have to be in that. Dog, it could have been, it could have been Aaliyah singing that part too. Dog, but then you have. Even though I get it, you know, he's singing for the guys, essentially, but nah, nigga. You could have had the fucking janitor in the hallway do a better job singing this part right here, dog. We can just admit, though, that Timberland has done this terribly enjoyable <laughs> singing on multiple songs throughout time with Damn. multiple different artists. So, like, it's something that, like, you kind of knew was going to happen. Like, if you hear Timberland on the joint, he's either just going to be doing ad-libs in the background or he's going to come on and sing a terrible chorus for you. And you're like, still going to enjoy it because the beat is going to rock. <laughs> like, I always hated uh, the ad-libs on Tell Me It As Somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hated that shit, dog. It just never sounded right. It always sounded like you couldn't really hear him all the way. So you're like, hold on, what the fuck is he the fuck is this nigga whispering dog? What the fuck is this big motherfucker with glasses with sunglasses whispering dog? Man. Hey, no bullshit, dog. He he was like the original DJ Khaled. Except that he actually did the work behind it. <laughs> and he didn't just like hype everybody up in the song. He actually like put something into the song. It wasn't always on beat and it wasn't always uh the best lyrically, but hey, he did his thing. <laughs> and this is an example of him. Uh, terribly enjoyably doing that thing. There you go. There you go. <laughs> go but let's go on to uh, number 16, which is uh, the one I gave my heart to, which is essentially the last full song on the album. Uh, pretty much is Aaliyah kind of going back to more of a story driven type of song, talking about, uh, you know, her giving her, her heart to somebody and the nigga saying, Nigga, I'm about to slam dunk this joint in the trash can, <laughs> bitch. You know what I mean? And she's asking why. All right, so that's what we're here talking about here. But I thought it was a, a interesting way to end the album. Definitely a way more slower paced song for sure. Um, and and I thought I thought it was an interesting way to end the album. I like the song, but I just felt like it was interesting. Interesting way to end the album. Yeah, it's not a bad song. Like I've never, it's never been one of my favorite R and B songs, or you know, what I what I really call it is a pop ballad. Mm, okay. And I call it that because it doesn't have a traditional R&B sound and it doesn't have like the the sound that most of the other shit on this album has. Mm -hmm. It sounds completely different. Yeah, um, for sure. So it was definitely made to get like more radio play on you know, the pop stations and stuff like that. But it's also really good when you actually listen to the lyrics, like the story that she's telling behind, like you said, is really good. It's pretty synth heavy. So it hasn't really like lasted the, the 10th of the, 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 the test of time. But mm. It's actually 
uh, very. It's one of the few songs on here that actually shows Aaliyah's vocal ability, where she can she just kind of lets go and sings like yeah. as hard as she can. So I think that that's a good choice for having it at the end of the album because again, it may not be beat wise like the best choice to have at the end of the album, but talent wise, showcase wise, it's one of the best songs to have at the end of the album. If that makes sense. Yeah. Nah. I I don't I don't disagree with that. Sure. All right. And then uh, to end the album, we actually come to number 17, Came to Give Love, the outro featuring Timberland. And again, like a lot of the times on these albums back in the day, the outro was everybody just giving thanks to somebody. And it's usually just mm-hmm. listing a list of people or rapping a list of people or singing a list of people that they're that they're thanking, blah, blah, blah. Pretty much same shit here, thanking whoever, thanking fans across the world. Uh, like Very, very Timberland sounding heavy beat, of course, you know. Uh, but it's. I thought it was a cool way to like, especially for that time, to say thank you to the fans because mostly people would literally just like. I remember Brandy's first album. She's literally just like talking over a beat and reading a piece of paper, mm-hmm. saying thank you to all these people, like you know, family, producers, all that other shit. So like, I think that this is a really good way to end the album. Uh, if you're gonna be thanking people like in that way, like they did. Yeah. Hey, damn. You just brought it back at how much that actually was done back in the day where yep. like motherfuckers would even rappers or singers, dog, mm-hmm. like they just played a beat. It's kind of like the um the, Con- the Kanye West joint on College Dropout. Where oh, yeah. A thousand the- hours or whatever it was. Ten thousand hours. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, uh, it's called uh, Last Call. Yes. There you Last go. Last Call for Alcohol. And I like a fan. Yeah, that joint. So. I feel like that was such a, and again, I feel like that's cool, but it's definitely very specific to a certain point in time where yeah. you, you get away with doing some shit like that. But uh, yeah, I thought this joint was definitely, I thought it was a good, it was a good way to end the album. I didn't mind it at all, especially with Aaliyah actually singing her her way through this joint. Mm-hmm. So I thought I thought this joint was dope. Um, like we said, very Timbaland s beat, but um, definitely they uh, definitely did what the uh, track says they did, which is came to give love. And that's pretty much what they did. I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was a good way to end the album. Definitely. All right. Well, this brings us to the end of the album review for uh, Aaliyah, One in a Million. Finally, we made it here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What are your final thoughts on the album, sir? Listen, man, this is obviously, like Cooper said before we started, man, I hadn't... um, I hadn't listened to too much uh, Aaliyah. I, I, I just probably just the uh, the singles that were one in a million and uh, the one I just told you that I fucking hated. Four page um, letter. No, 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 well, four page letter. But oh, no, are you no. that somebody? That's right. Yeah, are you that somebody? Yeah, <laughs> goddamn, that song's fucking terrible. No, that beat, <laughs> that beat. But uh, but yeah, so I hadn't I hadn't really dove into anything like that. But um, I I, I thought that this was um, this is gonna be interesting, and sure enough, it was. Um, I, I I was I was definitely surprised, uh, caught off guard that I was I liked a lot of them, a lot of what I heard, um, and yeah, I I liked it. I I was I was pleasantly surprised. I was it. Well, I've always fucked with this album. <clears throat> I think uh, as I've I've made pretty well known. Um, I kind of I feel like I kind of look back with this album with like some rose colored glasses also because as in going back to listen to it. I found some stuff that I did not enjoy about it as I, as I thought I remembered enjoying about it. And apparently there was a lot of stuff that I skipped over a lot because I barely remembered a couple of the songs, which would mean <laughs> that I didn't like them as a kid and I just skipped over them every time that I heard them. <laughs> so, hey, that is such a thing, dog, because 
I swear, bro, like that almost rarely happens now that I'll eventually go back and listen to shit. But dog, back in the day, there were songs that you just never heard. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it ain't matter what was going on, dog. Fuck it, dog. That song trash. I ain't listen to. It. Yep, exactly. So, but I mean, I've always liked the album. I still do like the album. It's a very good and very well done album. Uh, again, you can see why it made Timberland and Missy household names in both music and production. Um, and I mean, shit, I like the album. Uh, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what else to say for real. Um, let me just say a uh, shout out to uh, well, never, not really shout out because fuck you for holding on to it for this long, but shout out to whoever had the rights to Aaliyah's music and finally put it out on streaming services. Oh, that was her uncle, that, Black Round Records owner. I can't remember what his name is, but Barry Hankinson, Hankerson. That's his yeah, name. Hank, yeah, yeah, that dude. I don't know. I feel like it's something weird was going on. If if it just now finally got on to streaming services, mm-hmm. I'm not. Again, I'm not too invested. Nor do I really am. Nor am I really knowledgeable on what was going on. But just for the simple fact that Aaliyah, being one of the more uh, popular and like beloved uh, artists of, I guess, of the genre or whatever, mm-hmm. it was just kind of crazy that all her work wasn't on streaming services. Being that most, probably ninety percent of the people get or listen to the music on some kind of streaming service. Exactly, it's ridiculous. Um, but as it's all about money, and I don't know what to what to what to the extent of it was, but uh, I know it was about money and it was about greed. That's pretty much what oh, I, sure. I'm pretty sure it was about. But um, yeah. so, what do you give the album out of uh, score of ten, sir? I'm gonna go ahead and give it an eight point five out of ten, man. I mm-hmm. thought it was a good album. I thought it was a really solid album. Um, there might be a song or two on here that, like you said, I probably would skip if I was listening to this joint all the way through. But I thought it was a really good album. I think Aaliyah has a very enjoyable voice to listen to. I think that's just the best way I could describe her voice. Is just like her on anything is just fun and like it feels good to listen to. Like she has yeah. a very, very warm voice, I guess if you want to call it that. But um, I thought it was a really good album uh, uh, for the most part. Uh, again, surprised um, mainly at the fact that of, of how well written these songs were at her age at this point. Mm-hmm. And of course, we found out before we started that they were written by uh, Missy Elliott. Yeah. So again, kudos to Missy for writing a great album. But again, kudos to Aaliyah for performing and just overall just doing her thing on it because she definitely did. And she she made whatever I'm sure she whatever Missy made she made this her own. So shout oh, yeah. out to definitely. Now, do you think that this album stands the test of time? Because this album came <clears throat> excuse me this album 96. came out in 1996 almost 30 years ago yep 27 years ago give or take mm-hmm. um yeah uh, I, I would say nah man um and and again it's specifically i feel like based off of the production i feel like Aaliyah's voice you could plug her in to damn near any uh generation i feel like she could make it happen but the production to me definitely is specific to to a certain point in time and i just see big ass shiny suits for some reason when i think about <laughs> never with Aaliyah. never with Aaliyah. no what? <laughs> nah not she wasn't the shiny suit wearing type are you sure i mostly, feel like there's mostly definitely... mostly at the beginning of her career is black leather <laughs> okay for, but, well so, at this but, point in her career is black leather M- missy was definitely Big ass shiny suits though, right? Well, Missy had like she didn't like wear shiny suits, but she wore like crazy outfits, especially in like the videos. 
That's probably what I mean. But she wasn't out here like Diddy and them, nah. <laughs> but, but still, it, that generation just it just brings me back. That's just what I think when I when I think of. Uh, and see, that's why <laughs> that's why Diddy fucked shit up. <laughs> nah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, uh, before we get up out of here, uh, sir, did you have a suggestion for the folks today? Yes, that I did. Now, for those of y'all who are unaware, uh, my bad, uh, Insecure season five has returned on fucking HBO. That's a a show starring uh, Issa Rae and uh, a bunch of other really good actors on that joint. Um, I've watched it from season one all the way to this point. So I've I've actually already finished season five. So I'm recommending it to you because I finished it. So just overall great show. Um, I I think if you're like an adult that's kind of, dating or just even if you were a fucking adult and you're married i feel like it covers a lot of shit that like like it's i feel like it's a realistic depiction of what i guess love is amongst like older people or whatever like it's not like this bullshit fairy tale whatever bullshit okay i feel like it kind of it kind of i feel like it does a very well job at um at doing that shit so definitely if you haven't checked out insecure to begin with we'll go watch season one it's all on hbo and if you have don't forget season five is out so go check that out man all right bet and uh, my suggestion for this week is going to actually be another TV show. I'm going to go with Euphoria on HBO. I was season, about to go down, too. Yeah, you, season two came out a few weeks ago. I think there's about four or five episodes that are up now or that are available now if you go to the streaming joints and watch it. But, yo, if you season one was incredible, right? Yo, season two, the first episode starts off with a fucking bang. Like, say less because I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, so. dog. And it just gets even crazier and crazier as the episodes go on. So, like... It's really shaping up to be something different, some shit you didn't see coming. So if you have not started watching Euphoria season two yet, get on that. Especially if you want to avoid any spoilers, because Lord knows if you get on fucking Twitter, dog, mm. niggas just dog. What do motherfuckers gain from that, dog? It's like they want everybody to know. Yeah, dog, I watched the show, and I let me let me let everybody know that I watched it by saying this very specific part mm-hmm. that you only know if you watch the show. That, oh, by the way, would also ruin it for other people who haven't watched it. Yeah, I've never understood it either. But then again, this is one of the many reasons that uh, I don't use Twitter because I don't like things to be spoiled for me like that. And uh, because Twitter was the worst at that. I mean, it's worse than Instagram or Facebook, honestly. <clears throat> now, you know what you blowing me when, when niggas will fucking post to their IG story a meme that's, again, very specific to so, like that yes, yes. of a movie or a show? That pisses me off so much. But then again, at that point, I try to stay off of uh, social media as much as possible until I'm able to see whatever it is, especially when it's like something like Marvel or some shit like that, because they be out here ruining shit left and right. <laughs> you already watched the, the new uh, Spider-Man movie, right? I the did, yes. Mm-hmm. Nigga, I, somebody fucking tweeted out or said or on IG or some shit like, dog, I can't believe uh, Spider-Man dies or, or, or something like, obviously that's not literally what happened to him. Yeah. But I was already in my head when I was watching. I was like, "Damn, dog, the nigga said that he dies, and I'm pretty sure he's not gonna die. But something along those lines is gonna happen." Which, spoiler alert, I guess is when you know he dis- you know left or whatever, and and his girl and his pretty much disappeared yeah. from everybody's life. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess that's what he meant by that. But even then, I was expecting that because that's what you somebody, uh-huh. somebody already told me to expect some crazy shit. And see, so, that's that fucked up shit. Motherfucker, just like, let people enjoy stuff. Let people just be I'm cool saying, and not fuck up shit. All right. I'm saying, y'all. Just, <sighs> and then as people, yo, have you watched it? 
do you want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Because if I haven't finished it, then you might mention some shit that you forgot was in episode eight, and I just told you I'm on episode five. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that, that's the worst. Exactly. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, before we get too much deep into that conversation, because I know I feel like that's an episode we could do ourselves just on, sure. on complaints and shit. <laughs> uh, y'all know y'all can find us for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Republic, and Google Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at HQ Podcast. And yes, it's all spelled out. It is. <laughs> and you can find us on Facebook by going to Facebook.com, searching out Hip Hop Heads Podcast, and bam, that's where we'll be. <laughs> um, any other quick words? Listen, man, uh, it's getting later a little bit, a little later. Now. Uh, it's getting dark a little later now, which means that the winter is almost over. Mm-hmm. Almost the spring. Shout out to all my spring babies. Shout out to all gang, Pisces gang. gang. I don't know if you're not Pisces. Are you? I'm not Pisces, but I'm Aries, right in the middle of April. Gang, gang. Hey, you right there, though. Regardless, shout out to spring babies. We the fucking wildest. And definitely most bipolar motherfuckers. Y'all already know what it is. Because <laughs> we not hot, we not cold. We right in the motherfucking middle. So shout out to all my spring babies. Shout out to all my Pisces gang. We ain't fucking uh, uh, emotional. Y'all just some bitch ass niggas. That's wow. all it is. <laughs> everybody like to say, oh, you Pisces, you must be emotional. Nah, dog. We just tired of everybody's bullshit. That's all it is. Hey, hey, I feel that too. I feel that too. All right. Is, well, if you can't, uh, if you can't be good, y'all, at least try to be the best that you can be. Because Lord knows, y'all niggas out here wilding recently. Wilding, dog. And and and, and if you wilding, dog, you ain't gonna make your mama proud. Nah. Y'all know we gotta make your mama proud. Exactly. And if you wilding even harder, you out here driving. A 92 Honda Civic. Not a 92. Uh, a 92 <laughs> Honda Civic with all kinds of crazy headlights, but you're still not using the turn signal. You I mean, if it's 92, the turn signals it. probably don't work, dog. I mean, come nah, on. Man, dog, <laughs> fuck you niggas. I, I hate the niggas. Or even worse, the motherfuckers who got the dim ass joints you can't even see when they turn them on, Ooh. bro. It's like, is this nigga going? What's going on? This nigga just breaking. Should I keep... <laughs> Throwing the gas. What's going on? Fuck all you niggas, dog. I hate y'all. Wildin', wildin'. All right, y'all. We out of here. Love y'all. Take it easy. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Be easy. Peace. Peace.